Good evening, time being seven o'clock, I call the December 14th, 2022 meeting of the Franklin Town Council to order. Please pause for a moment of silence. Please stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Okay, announcements from the chair. All citizens are now welcome to attend public board and committee meetings in person. Meetings are live streamed by Franklin TV and shown on Comcast Channel 11 and Verizon Channel 29. In an effort to maximize citizen engagement opportunities, citizens will be able to continue to participate remotely via phone, or you may click the Zoom link that is on the posted agenda and on the town's website. The phone number is 929-205-6099 and enter the meeting ID, which is 853-8928-1410 and then you need to hit the pound sign. Once again, the Zoom ID is 853-8928-1410-POUND. If residents are just interested in watching the meeting, it will also be live streamed by Franklin TV. Citizens' comments. Citizens are welcome to express their views for up to three minutes on a matter that is not on the agenda. The council will not engage in a dialogue or comment on a matter raised during citizens' comments. The town council will give remarks appropriate consideration and may ask the town administrator to review the matter. Is there anyone in council chambers that would like to speak on an item not on tonight's agenda? Is there anyone out in Zoom land that would like to speak on an item not on tonight's agenda? I have a quiet crowd tonight. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay, moving on. Uh, approval of minutes. I would entertain a motion to approve the minutes from November 2nd, 2022. So moved. Second. Motion and second. Discussion, additions, deletions. Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. I'd entertain a motion to approve the minutes from November 16th. 2022. So moved. Second. Motion and a second. Discussion. Additions, deletions, seeing none. The vote will come on the motion. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? 
Motion carries. Uh, let's see. Proclamations and recognitions. We don't have any this evening. But we have one. Correct? Or are we doing that later on? It was in the presentations. In the presentations, that's what I thought. Okay, so appointments. We have three. Clerk will read the first appointment, Mark LePage, to the Conservation Commission. <clears throat> Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is an appointment for the Conservation Commission of Mark LePage to uh, 2 Pepper Mill Lane, Franklin, Massachusetts, 0238. The Conservation Commission has recommended the appointment of Mark LePage to serve as a member of the Conservation Commission with the term to expire June 30th, 2024. This is a motion to ratify the appointment by the town administrator of Mark LePage to serve as a member of the Conservation Commission. Second. Motion and a second. Discussion. Jamie, anything? Just, uh, just want to make sure everybody is aware. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Just want to make sure everybody is aware um, uh, this recommendation also comes from the Conservation Commission. They've evaluated the candidates as well and uh, are also in agreement in pushing Mark forward. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. Any questions or comments from the council? Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to appoint Mark LePage to the Conservation Commission. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Mark, welcome aboard. And thank you for your commitment to uh, the Conservation Commission. Uh, next appointment is Allison Rain to the Disability Commission. Clerk will read the appointment. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is an appointment to the Franklin Disability Commission of Allison Reigns of 47 Summer Street, Parliament 1C, Franklin Mass 0238. The Franklin Disability Commission has recommended the appointment of Allison Reigns to serve as a member of the Franklin Disability Commission with the term to expire on June 30, 2025. This is a motion to ratify the appointment by the Town Administrator of Allison Reigns to serve as a member of the Franklin Disabilities Commission. Second. Motion and a second. Discussion, Jamie? Through you, Mr. Chairman. So just uh, both of the next appointments, Allie and Francesca, are both on Zoom with us tonight. Um, we just want to thank them for uh, their service. Um, both have been incredible advocates. Uh, people probably are familiar with both folks. They uh, attend a lot of events in town, but also they've become great advocates at the Community Preservation Committee and other areas uh, with the Rec Department and Ryan. Uh, so we're very grateful for them to uh, step forward. Thank you, Jamie. Questions or comments from the council? Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to appoint Allison Rame to the Disability Commission. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Again, thank you, Allie. Congrats, Allie. Um, next, uh, clerk will read the appointment of Francesca Ricci to the Disability Commission. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is an appointment to the Franklin Disabilities Commissions of Francesca Ricci of 87 Central Park Terrace, Franklin, Mass. 0203. Franklin Disability Commission has recommended the appointment of Francesca Ricci to serve as a member of the Franklin Disability Commission. The term to expire on June 30, 2024. This is a motion to ratify the appointment by the town administrator of Francesca Ricci to serve as a member of the Franklin Disabilities Commission. Second. Motion and second. Discussion, Jamie. All set. Also, any other questions or comments from the council? Councilman Jones. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, I just figured I'd wait to the end to congratulate Mark, Allison, and, and Francesca for 
really just kind of stepping up and, and helping out where, where there's a need. Um, kudos and honor. To, it's a big honor that you've done this. Thank you very much for stepping up. Thank you, Council Jones. Any other questions or comments? Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to appoint Francesca Ricci to the Disability Commission. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Who's this next guy? <laughs> uh, we have the next uh, is Lloyd. Uh, <laughs> oh, better known as Gus Brown. Uh, to appoint, being appointed as the sealer of weights and measures. Clerk will read the appointment. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Very happy to read this appointment um, for sealer and weights and measures. Lloyd Gus Brown, the Town of Franklin Building Commissioner at 355 East Central Street. Franklin Mass 02038, the Town Administrator has recommended the appointment of Lloyd Gus Brown to serve as the sealer of weights and measures for the Town of Franklin with the term to expire on June 30, 2024. This is a motion to ratify the appointment by the town administrator of Lloyd Gus Brown to serve as the seal and weights and measures for the town of Franklin. Second. Motion and a second. Discussion. I hope he brought his scale. Uh, <laughs> Jamie. We haven't bought them for him yet, but we'll be in the capital plan. So this one's probably a little strange. Nobody's ever seen it before, just because the state, so that we're clear with everybody, the state has uh, ended their service uh, providing a sealer of weights and measures. Uh, and so we're in a bit of a transitionary process. Um, and so Gus uh, doesn't have enough to do, but he's gonna take this on. We are working on a potential regional agreement uh, with Norfolk County. There's a lot of different uh, discussions going on, but. Um, I think uh, it's safe to say that all of us here in the community uh, has the utmost respect and confidence in Gus to be able to do this. I think he might have went to the class today. He might want to tell you a couple things he learned. <laughs> Good evening, Mr. Chairman and members of the council. Gus Brown, seal of weights and measures. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> like Jamie uh, had just mentioned, this, the state um, had turned it over to towns that were over 20,000 in population, which, which was always on the books to begin with. Uh, we were lucky enough to get it done for us the last 24 years that I've been here. When I first, st first started out um, in this job, we did it for a year or two, and um, we were glad the state took it over. But like Jamie said yesterday, I went to a, um, a training class and it was interesting. And we learned a lot and there were a lot of newbies out there because they have to do the same thing that we're doing. And it'd be great if the county commissioners could get this, this program going for us so that um, when my appointment's up, they take over. Um, I don't want to bore you too much here, but sealers do a lot of things. They do scales, they do scanners. and. One of the biggest things that I took from yesterday is it's a two-way street when it comes to getting the scales um, and the meter sealed, especially with gas pumps. Um, gas pumps, gas pump tolerances wear out in favor of the business owner. So it's a good idea to get them. <laughs> it's a good idea to get them sealed as, as you know that once a year to make sure they're in good running condition so that the consumer doesn't get. Um, a, a raw deal, so to speak. Um, and conversely, you know, it hurts the it hurts the consumer if it's if it's too if it's set in the other direction. Um, 
I don't really have much more than that other than it's my pleasure to um, accept the appointment if the council does so. Liar. <laughs> <laughs> Questions or comments from the council? Councilor Jones. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, I have no doubt you do a great job. I already know how busy your thing is, but Dave, is it possible that we can also point in the, the, the county elevator inspector? <laughs> <laughs> While we're at it, maybe dog catcher? We'll probably do it. It's been mentioned. <laughs> I joke, but the elevators and inspections are also just as far behind. There's maybe. one in the state, I heard. Yeah. It might be more now, but there was one. Deal, deal with that. Deal with that. You. Okay. Congratulations. Councilor Hamlin. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. To the chair, um, to the new sealer of weights and measures. Um, do you know? So, do you do like it's not just the gas pumps, but it's also all the scales and in, in, in all the the pharmacies, towns, the right? pharmacies, supermarket scanners, all that stuff. Right. Um, do you know how many there are? I do. I have that. Wow. There's 134 scanners in town, and probably that amount's probably low because new businesses open up, and we have 450 scales. Ooh, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> that um, is a lot. Thank, thank you for that information, and good luck. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Councilor Any other councilors? Any other comments? I just, I, I want to know where you're going to find the tank. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have six oil trucks in town, and tomorrow the state was gracious enough to come and do them for us. So that's a huge help. They, they've really stepped up. Once they turned it over to us or told us we were getting it, um, James Cassidy, he's the director, he was very good yesterday about calling him when we, we get into a, a bind of some sort. Okay. Any other questions or comments? The vote will come on the motion to uh, appoint Lloyd Gus Brown as sealer of weights and measures. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries all serious business. Thank you, Gus, Thank for stepping forward to do this. That's a lot of work, for sure. Okay, uh, hearings we do not have any this evening. We'll move on to license transactions. And this is our annual 2023 annual alcohol license renewals. Clerk will read the renewals. I'd be happy. Mr. Chairman. Uh, these are the 2023 annual alcoholic beverages licenses renewals. All establishments have, have not, all but nine have passed inspection by the uh, building department, board of health, and fire departments. We have noted those establishments as well as establishments that have fees or taxes due to the town. There is a motion to approve the renewal of the alcoholic beverages licenses that are about to read that are listed on the attached renewal list for the year 2023 with the issuance of the licenses that have inspections, fees, or taxes outstanding to be withheld physically by the help physically held in the town administrator's office until all items have been resolved. Uh, I'm not going to be the license center, but I will be the business in this occasion. 7-Eleven uh, store at 664 Union Street, 99 Restaurant at 847 West Central Street, Acapulco's uh, Mexican Restaurant at 371 Union Street, Bamboo House at 2 Main Street, Birchwood Bakery at 17 East Central Street, 
BJ Salsa Club, 100 Quarter Drive, Box Seats, 391 East Central Street, uh, Daisy Market, 353 Lincoln Street, Dean College of 135 Emmons, Davidas Market, 198 East Central, Friars Market, 274 Central Street, 67 Degrees at 158 Grove Street, Franklin Country Club at 672 East Central Street, Franklin Lincolns at 333 Central Street, Franklin Lodge, um, Benevolent Protective Order of Elks at 1077 Pond Street, Franklin Foreman Arts Company at 15 West Central Street, Franklin Shed at 342 East Central Street, Glen Farmer Distillery at 860 West Central Street, um, Anti Restaurant at, 20, at 26 to 30 East Central Street, Ichigo Ichi at 837 West Central Street, Jimmy D's at 338 Union Street, King Street Cafe at 390 King Street, at Lacatine Winery Brewery at 355 and 357 Union Street, Lincoln Street Market, 465 Lincoln Street, uh, Liquor World at 365 North Central Street, uh, Longhorn Steakhouse at 250 Franklin Village Drive, McCurrow House at, two, at 2090 Central Street, Max Roast Beef and Deli at 451 West Central Street, Maple Gate Country Club at 160 Maple Gate Bellingham, Uzo's Corporation at Mobile Gas Station at 660 West Central Street, Pepper Terrace Restaurant at 400 Village Drive, Poor Richard's Wine and Spirits at 835 West Central Street, Proof Restaurant at 862 West Central Street. Residence Inn at 4 Forge Parkway, Railway Public House at 280 Franklin Village Drive, Rome Restaurant, 4 East Central Street, uh, Santa Fe Burrito at 28 West Central Street, Charles Supermarket, 255 East Central Street, Tail and Vine, 348 East Central Street, Teddy Gallagher's Pub at 30 Main Street, the Chateau at 466 King Street, The Curry House at 418 West Central Street, the Little House of Olive Oil at 5 Main Street, 3 Restaurant at 461 North Central Street, Union Street Wine and Liquors at 317 Union Street, and Village Mall Liquors at 60 Franklin Village Drive. Second. Yeah. Motion. Yes, third. That was a motion. This is a second. second. Yeah. Discussion on the motion. Alicia. Thank you. Um, so all, everybody is looking good so far, I will say. Um, we have nine that are still pending inspection. Um, they've all gone through their initial inspections and we're waiting on them to make any uh, fixes slash improvements that resulted from the initial inspection. But that being said, nothing will be issued until everybody is in compliance and then they will be notified that they can come and pick up their license. Great. Thank you, Alicia. Questions or comments from the council? Councilor Jones. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Lisa, I did notice in my list of renewals here, uh, two businesses, uh, not hotel renewal for 2023. M&C Restaurant Group, what's that? M&C, that is, um, well, one's Sierra's, that was up in, near Franklin Village Mall. Oh, okay. They moved, but they did not, they did not transfer their oh. alcohol. So okay. that one was not renewed. And then the other one was alumni. Oh. It's just oh. their, it's their um, business names. Gotcha. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that Council yes. Jones? Yes. Any other councilors' questions? Councilor Cormier-Ledger. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, to the town administrator, we, we are gonna be inserting something uh, with these folks reminding them of the requirement to serve food those that serve alcohol not just sell it correct that's correct 
first page on the packet. And in the letter that they're getting, they're going yeah. yeah. to be reminded about possible fines or possible problems if that continues. Yep. Um, we, yeah. we have a memo drafted that will go out to them with their um, packets when they pick up their license. Okay, thank you. Any other questions or comments? Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Okay, moving on. Presentations and discussions. Uh, first is Franklin Library Association presentation of gift. Uh, Jamie? Yeah, through Mr. Chairman. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, at the last moment today, uh, the individuals that were representing FLA were unable to make it tonight due to illness. Um, but, um, uh, so that's too bad. But uh, we do have our illustrious uh, library director, who I know is going to hop right out of her seat. <laughs> Come on up. Um, I, uh, tonight, um, you know, Scott was unable to make it, but uh, the first resolution on tonight's agenda is for the donation um, to um, to the library, as stated in the uh, uh, the proclamation, who I believe uh, is going to come up and, and present um, to FLA. Um, uh, I think they've donated well over a half a million dollars throughout their uh, throughout their tenure, um, and I thought maybe Felicia could give a quick um, you know talk and presentation, short one of what exactly the FLA has meant to Franklin. And I know some of you have had questions about the dissolving of the agency or the organization, and I know that Felicia uh, can answer those questions as well. And again, I give all the regards on behalf of Scott and Armand and the FLA. Um, we just got the message a little, not too long ago, so uh, unfortunately they didn't want to reschedule. Yeah. Um, and so uh, and so we have Felicia here in that place. Felicia. Great. Felicia, please. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you, guys. All of us, I don't know if everybody knows the story of FLA. It's so amazing that we have a library with three compelling stories. And the FLA story has kind of fallen through the cracks a little bit in that it's an organization that's almost two centuries old. It's been our bedrock. You know, first in the 1850s in rescuing the library, library's original collection from impending ruin. So that's how they came to be. When the Benjamin Franklin books had no home, this group formed in order to preserve and also made sure that these books were still accessible to the public. And then they ran the library until 1982, when the town took over. And even when the town took over, they still had some funds and they decided to turn their focus on preservation restoration and digitization, which they have done to the tune, as Jamie says, of half a million dollars, you know. The plan had always been to dissolve eventually when the funds ran out. So this is no surprise. They've been planning this for a while, and I think that in all due respect, we want to be grateful for their work and honor the fact that they want to hang it up now. And hopefully with the book that they have coming from about the FLA's contributions to this community and the library, young people coming up may be inspired to start another group to continue their work, you see. So um, unfortunately, they are not here today for us to express our collective gratitude. 
but I can tell you that uh, Jimmy and I will make sure that they know just how grateful we are, first for rescuing this institution, secondly, you know, for building a beautiful building, for running this building, and then safeguarding not only the original collections, but our local history manuscripts, and now also the building itself. It is a magnificent building, and it's unfortunate. Now that they're dissolving, we'll be able to tell these three compelling stories that each can stand on its own. The history of the collection, the history of the building, and now the beautiful history about how one organization you know, stood firm and continued with enormous generosity. To, in today's world, how often do you see an institution that will just keep handing over hundreds of thousands of dollars year after year after year. The community is fortunate, and I have to say that the next generation really will come to enjoy this history because of the work that the FLA has done. Thank you, I will definitely take questions. Thank, thank you, Questions, comments? Then I would ask Councilor Pellegri, oh, do you have a question? I have a question. Sure. Through the chair, I think it's wonderful what the association has done. I hope that you will be able to get someone, uh, some group of people that will be able to take it on. Um, are you comfortable with that? Yes. Do you feel that there are some from this association that will go along to the next step? Well, they're going to dissolve. They what? They're going to dissolve. The new group will The whole group is yes. dissolved. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. now this check is the last money that they have. Yeah. Yes. And given two centuries of work, we have to just honor their decision All that right. they have done great work. And, you know, other, I mean, other people will come or be inspired by this story. And who knows, they might form to continue this work. But the FLA, as we speak today, they have restored the entire collection, the original collection. Most of our local history collection has been preserved, restored, and digitized. And now people can access it from anywhere 24 hours a day. And also, they started the painstaking work of restoring the murals. And as I speak, all of the murals have been restored but the reading room. So our hope is that down the road, we will come knocking to the preservation committee to see if they can just provide the funding to finish this work so that we can, again, have some 50 years before we're talking either preservation of the, of the building, of the murals, or of the collection. Again, it will buy us some time, you know, so if somebody else came along and wanted to continue the good work, they, what they have done will buy us some time to give them time to organize, mm -hmm. to settle, but we will keep looking. There are people who are interested in this kind of work. Yeah. I'm sure I speak for all here on the council that we can't thank them enough over the years for all that they've done and all that you have done, you know, for being the leader with this. So we thank you very much and we thank each of them. Thank you. And I think Councilor Pellegri has a proclamation that she will Read. Town of Franklin, a proclamation.
Conservation honoring Franklin Public Franklin Library Association on a legacy of extraordinary contributions to the Franklin Public Library. Whereas, since the incorporation in 1872, <laughs> the Franklin Library Association has been an exceptionally generous benefactor of the Franklin Public Library, whose contributions include salvaging and restoring the original Ben Franklin collection of books, many years of fun funding library operations, and supporting the library's preservation efforts. And whereas, among their mentorable acts of generosity, to date the Franklin Library Association has expended more than $525,000 towards the cleaning and restoration of paintings and murals which were created more than a century ago and the digitization, digitization and restoration of early written local materials that are of great significance to the Franklin history. And whereas after 150 years the Franklin Library Association will be closing its doors at the end of 2022, leaving behind a legacy of tremendous generosity and lasting impact that cannot be qualified as they have preserved and protected irreplaceable art, architecture, and history which will be enjoyed by generations to come. And whereas the Franklin Library Association finishes out its final weeks the Franklin Town Council, on behalf of the library and the entire community, extend our deepest gratitude for many years and countless examples of their consistent and incredible support. Now therefore, be it known that the Franklin Library Association is hereby commended and recognized by the Town Council of the Town of Franklin as a legacy of extraordinary contributions to the Franklin Public Library. Signed by our chairman, Thomas D. Mercer. Thank you. Okay, um, I'm gonna just jump out of order here and uh, I'd like to do the uh, legislation, the resolution for the gift acceptance, so each of them doesn't have to sit through a snow presentation. <laughs> so we'll go to resolution 22-86, gift acceptance, Franklin Public Library, $70,000. Clerk will read the resolution. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Resolution 22-86 is acceptance of a gift from the for the Franklin Public Library, whereas the Franklin Public Library has received a generous donation totaling $70,000 to be allocated towards the cleaning and conservation of the Memorial Hall entrance. Hours of day for years by Tommaso Bulgaris, as proposed by John Canyon Company, as well as a digitization of the sanitary survey of the town of Franklin in the, in the 1875 map of the town of Franklin. Donation summary such, the Franklin Library Association, uh, seventy thousand dollars. Now therefore now therefore be resolved that the town of council of the town of Franklin on behalf of the Franklin Public Library gratefully accepts its generous donation to be used at the discretion of the Franklin Public Library as described above. This resolution should become effective according to the provisions of the town of Franklin Home Charter. 
Move, resol <coughs> move resolution 22-86. Second. Motion and the second. Uh, discussion. Incredible uh, stuff. Just thank yeah. Great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, and again, this is a group of yeah. uh, uh, people that just. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's I, okay. Uh, that proclamation, we can get that in the form of a plaque, maybe, and put it someplace in the library where we'll see it. That there's a. Uh, we have a frame. You just we have, have a frame for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, again, thank you to the Franklin Library Association for just an incredible feat for <coughs> as 200 years. That's a long time. Uh, and a lot of dollars and a lot of great things and we're sitting here uh, and we drive by the Franklin Public Library, the oldest public library in the country, thanks to people like these people that uh, have done these things over the years. So with that, the vote will come on the motion to approve resolution 22-86, a majority votes required. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries, and again, thank you once again. Okay, next up is presentation and discussion. Uh, snow, our annual snow removal presentation, and I hope he's wearing his hat. Uh, <laughs> I'd be disappointed if you weren't wearing that. So thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, so I'm joined by uh, Carl Zerbello. He's the highway and ground superintendent. During the winter season, we also call him the snow boss. Uh, <laughs> even though I'm in charge, he, he runs the show. He's there all the time. He's assisted with Tony Renetta. He's our assistant uh, highway and grounds guys. And I also have some of my team showed up. I think I have the best team in town. Um, and some of these folks, everybody participates in snow removal operations in the public works in every different facet of it. Uh, we have Doug Martin back there, he's a water and sewer superintendent. Um, we have Roseanne Chepanowski. She actually shows up during uh, the storm events and helps sign in all the contractors that we come in to make sure they're on time. Um, we have Kathy Morad, who's the office administrator. She pays people, including uh, the employees, which is very, very important. The overtime we get, and we have Doug Adams, another superintendent. He's the environmental affairs superintendent that uh, assists what's going on. We're up there monitoring equipment. So uh, to get going here, so I know some of you have heard this before, but I think it's always good to put it out there for the folks at home. Um, snow removal priorities, these were established before I ever came here. Um, but obviously our first thing is the roadways. We want to keep the roadways clear, and it's primarily for emergency response vehicles to go out there. Um, next thing would be the public buildings and schools. We work on those, you know, the schools might, uh, the public buildings, depending on the amount of snow we have. We keep them open, basically, the parking lots might be done, but we need to have access to them all the time in case there is, a, uh, some, someone needs to get there, um, something happens in school. And then finally, the sidewalks that we do in town, I think you're familiar with that. Um, we get to those when we're done. A lot, of the, a lot of the issues that we do have is we don't have contractors for sidewalks, and the same people that are plowing all the roadways have to go and do the sidewalks after. So depending on, and I'll cover that a little more, how long it can take. Um, so our goals are always be prepared. 
Um, we respond to the appropriate resource in a timely manner, depending if it's a you know salting operation, a full-blown plow, and then how long it's going to be. Um, we ensure that emergency vehicles can always respond during snow and ice events. Um, provide safe passage of vehicles during snowfall. Um, that's one thing we grapple with all the time. I think you know people used to stay home during snowstorms. Now people like to move about during snowstorms. It helps us if they're not about. Um, it can slow it down for everybody, but we do try to keep all the roads open at all times. And then um, at the end, we have we hope to have all roadways cleared, i.e., shovel showing some asphalt, less than one inch of snow and ice within four hours at the end of the storm. Okay, um, that's a pretty aggressive thing, um, and it's uh, it's tough to do and it's expensive. But that's what the um, that's what the folks in town uh, come to use. So FY23 approved budget is just shy of 1.1 million, and that's about $400,000 for uh, road salting treatment. Um, FY22, uh, we had 25 events. We had 44 inches of snow. The average snow fire area is about 43 inches. Um, we went over last year, about $1.2 million, almost 1.3. What interesting was last year is we used um, uh, more salt than we anticipated. And I don't know if that's a global warming thing. We we had some like four significant snowstorms, but we we treated the roads. A lot of those 25 vents were just going out. They were treating, and they were long duration storms that we had to uh, keep going out for. So road salting, we don't call it sanding anymore. I think folks know we don't um, we don't use sand anymore because that's a stormwater thing. Um, if you think all the sand that goes down the road, it picks up all the the antifreeze and the pollutions, and that's carried down into the waterways. Plus the sand that we catch from the catch basins um, is considered a hazardous waste. It costs money. It costs twice as much money to get rid of it. Um, it's about $140 a ton or something. That's ridiculous. Plus the manpower to collect it. So we use the salt. Um, this is something we established a long time ago when I first got here. If we had to go out, we would uh, we would treat the whole town. Uh, we try not to treat the whole town. We'd rather go out um, what we call the five truck route. And that's what we identify. It's actually more than it's six sanders, but it goes back to the, we just call it five truck road because we, we can't change it. Sounds good. Um, so, anyways, uh, that's basically we've identified all the main roads in town, all the hills, all the problem areas, and that's you know modified through the years in the areas that we do. But I think the important thing to see there is the cost associated with it. If we have to go into the whole town, you know, it's about thirty-four thousand dollars every time we go out. If we're going out to do the five truck road, and that includes the schools and the town buildings that we're doing. Um, you know, it's about $10,000. And so you can also see how much less salt we're using. And that's, you know, environment. We're trying to be environmentally uh, conscious with that. But that doesn't mean we don't, we have to do the whole town, we have to do the whole town. And I think that the council's been pretty good and, you know, it's, it's, it's a public education thing that we say, is, you know, obviously in Franklin, is we have a lot of subdivisions, okay? Um, if you're going down the subdivision, you're doing 10 to 15 miles an hour. Uh, if it's icy, you're not going to go off the road and you're not going to tree and hold your car. So, I mean, part of it does have to go on to the drivers. They need to slow down. And if it's, you know, you know when you get up in the morning, you walk out your steps and it's a little icy, chances are your roads might be a little icy. You slow when you walk down the walkway, right? So that's the thing we need to remind folks of. Um, this is where we put, like, well, I say got two hats on. I only got one hat on. But, you know, as your DPW director, I also uh, run the water park. And this is this shows since 2000 how much the salt parts per million that we um, we uh, we have in our system out there. Now salt is not considered uh, it's a it's a regulation. It's a, you know, it's 
the what's the right word for it, Doug? It's not secondary. Secondary, sec secondary contaminant. So it's not regulated by the state, but you want to keep an eye on it. But you want to see basically what this showing is we want to keep it under 20 parts per million. And uh, it's slowly gone up. It's kind of settled in the, the 60s. So we have, we have salt in our water. You probably don't taste it as much, but it is a problem. And, um, you know, hypertension, and, you know, like those jokes and everything else. But that's one, of the, that's one of the side effects that we do deal with. That's why people are anxious. Huh? <laughs> that's why people are anxious. I know. We're all happy. Uh, so plowing, our fun part. So public works, we basically put about 35 uh, pieces of equipment on the road at one time. That's our internal staff. Um, so the DPW employees out, it's around $1,500 an hour. You know, it depends on if it's a weekend at night, depending what what they're getting um, what they're getting paid. Typically, I think folks have known through the time instead of calling in on contractors, if it's not that much snow, we will treat, and we might, if, depending on the weather, what we do, we might go through the whole town ourselves. We might just you know, do all the, you know, go down the middle of the road. We're not pushing back on the color side, but that's just a way to save money, and we know it's gonna melt down later. So we like to have about 80 pieces of hired equipment. We're not quite there, you know, we're obviously down, everybody knows about that. Um, but you know, look at a contract, it's almost $11,000 an hour. So a typical storm, you know, we release out 10 hours, and then before we call them in, that's, that's $100,000 that we're spending right there. It's a lot of money. Uh, sidewalks. We have 35 miles of sidewalks identified for snow removal operations. Um, you know, these are just, they were all put together. So once again, we haven't added any sidewalks per se, but these are the priority ones, the school walking routes, the downtown areas, and high traffic speed routes. That's the ones we, we mostly focus on. Uh, what can affect the challenges? Obviously, timing storm, length of storm, type of storm, model, so. The clear sidewalks, less than six inches, you can see up there, we have the little plows on the front of them. They can buzzy around pretty quick, and we pretty much get that done in a day. More than six inches of snow. I always say two to three days. Uh, the snow boss reminds me sometimes five to six days. So <laughs> when we go back to 2014, like when that picture was taken, there was a lot of snow out there. Um, and this is always my favorite. I put this up there. You know, we, this is way back when we did Brook Street, put a new sidewalk in. Everybody wants a sidewalk. We plow the sidewalk, and then walk down the road. All right. <laughs> I, I can't help people. Um, so obviously worker shortages, I think everybody knows about this. Um, there's public works employee vacancies. You know, we've, I've never seen it over the last three years. We, we go through a lot of folks down at DPW. They come to work for us, they like the job, they don't like the job, they go somewhere else. We don't like them, we get rid of them, I don't know. But there's a big transition down there. So we also have a lot of new public works employees. So that takes a while to train them up. And we, you know, these guys do a great job training the folks. They go out, even like the new guys this year, they go to drive their routes, they get to know everything, so we do it. Um, good economy, you know, you know, un unemployment's very low out there. We're competing against with the private sector, and obviously COVID paid played into that. Um, the same problems we're having, like contractors can't find drivers. We deal with um, uh, contracts like, hey, we love to put that extra plow on, but I can't find a driver that wants to drive it. They just, they just don't want to plow anymore. Um, insurance cost requirements have gone up. Uh, CDL requirements, the feds changed that. Um, to give a whole class of that. Um, we've lost equipment to private properties that might be paying more money. Um, and then the whole thing is, you know, you've heard the old saying, no, the blood money. Folks just don't want to do it anymore. It's, it's tough work, it's very demanding work, it's long hours. You know, uh, the, the crews that we have down at DPW are awesome. They put a lot of time in down, they, they work, but it's, it's not easy. So that's what we're dealing with. So the effect of this is, you know, we've had longer time timetables to clear roads. If people don't show up, it just takes longer. We don't have contracts, it takes longer. Uh, it could be more delays and cancellations of schools. 
Um, it goes back to, I can tell you, like, you know, in my tenure in public works, you used to, you know, take pride in, like, our schools are ready. We're going to be open. We're the only ones open. You know, you got to err on the side of caution now because it doesn't happen. you gotta, you got to be realistic about it. Um, takes a longer time to clear the sidewalks. Extended time to fix missed areas, clear corners. You know, we all have to do that. Clean up the downtown. We talked about that a couple times. You know, when it's worth to go down to here, I got downtown. And then the other stuff that we do after every storm, you know, we got to go fix potholes. We got a water department to take care. We got a sewer department. You know, we got stormwater. So that stuff can get delayed because we're dealing with all the snow. But the important thing you always got to remember: safety of the residents, employees. You know, is always our number one priority. That's that's what we're doing from from day one. So what have we done? This is over the last three years, and I thought I'd throw this in there. Um, so we had, you know, we had contract negotiations. Uh, we improved the union contract rates and hours. You know, that, that it gives the guys down there uh, uh, a much fairer, you know, to be there. Works out very well. Uh, we raised contractor plowing rates. Um, we just did not look and go throw people extra on dollars an hour. Um, Tony did a great survey of uh, towns, communities around the area, what they're paying. So we want to make sure we're right there with them. So you know, people aren't leaving just for that. Um, we reviewed the insurance requirements. We're with Mark on that. Um, you know how to bring them more in line because they're very cost effective. And then internal communications, um, talking with different folks, different contractors, stuff that we do, just like being here. We get get the word out about what we're trying to do. Um, what else we've done? We changed plow routes. Uh, Tony did a great job on it last year. We're still modifying certainly, but we looked at more efficient ways to um, have the plow routes done with less folks. In one, in one way we look at it is um, we try to have a, a public works truck on every route, which we didn't have before. So if someone doesn't show up, at least we've got one vehicle out there, and then plus they're the eyes out there and they get that done. Um, proper maintenance and calibration of salting equipment. Um, Frank and I can say we've taken a lead on this. We've worked with MassDOT. We've worked with um, uh, New England Roads. We've done a couple of trainings down here. So all our trucks, they're all calibrated. So we're going to make sure to put in the... You, it doesn't help to put out too much salt, and you want to make sure you put out money. You want to make them properly calibrated. A, it's a cost savings thing, but it's also a performance thing. So we, uh, we're constantly working on that and make sure that stuff's working great. Um, new equipment. Uh, the picture up on the right is uh, we have like a swap loader takes on tank, but we, um, we're now working with... Um, so our salt that we put down with our, our trucks, we're actually, um, they have the capacity to spray a liquid on there. If you've ever gone down the road and you behind a salt truck, you see a lot of that salt will bounce and go to the curb edge. Well, that doesn't really help us when we keep in the middle of the road where people actually drive. So that's why that wetting agent helps to, to react quicker with the salt. So this is another new technology we're working with. Um, we actually, it's liquid sodium. And we used it last weekend for the first time. We went out a couple, you go out a couple days before the storm if it's not gonna rain beforehand. And what it does is allows it, it creates a, um, a barrier between the ice and the road. And um, so that's, that's very important. You don't want to get, obviously, the, the thick ice, but it, it also gives us time. That's another thing because, you know, uh, the best thing if, you know, when the police calls and say, hey, it's getting slippery out there, you know, you know some guys are in earlier, but it's a good hour before we get on the road. I mean, that's just, that's just a fact. If people get again, they get the trucks sold and everything else. This gives the time. So what we've done is we've gone on the, basically the mains and the five-truck route. We're pre-treating it beforehand. So um, it was pretty successful this yeah, first time. You know, the storm lined up perfectly for it. We saw some good, you know, uh, melting beforehand. So uh, that's another thing. Another thing is uh, we we've dealt with different weather services. Uh, we've tried out different ones through the years. You know, we we did one a couple of years ago, and we just wasn't the value in it, so we got rid of them. You know, but we need a little more. There's better services than just watching. Um, 
you know, Fox News. You know, because like everybody else, because we pay them to be wrong all the time. And uh, so we try to, so we're looking at some new, we were actually kind of doing a little consortium thing with Milford, um, Bellingham, and Millis. And so they're all kind of breaking up. Like Brookline students, they basically put points out there and use a lot of data jogging type things. But we're there, we're, they're paying like, I think Brookline's paying like 40 grand just to do their town. We'd be able to do it ourselves. We're all basically spending five grand. So we're gonna try it out. And I think it's, it's, it looks pretty, it's a whole lot more accurate. And the other things that it was kind of um, our cameras, this is kind of neat. We actually, uh, one of the things I think maybe folks know, like the way the can't, the, when I said the cameras, the traffic lights are operated, a lot of times it's looping in the road. So when a car comes up, it senses that, and that's why we'll switch the, switch the lights. Those things don't work all the time, so what happens goes back to a time system. So it's like, it's there for, you know, say a minute and a half. And nothing annoys people more often, you go there and you sit there, and no one's on the other way, and you just sit there and sit there. So the timer goes off, because the loops don't work. So the new technology is cameras. So they actually have cameras, and this one that's shown right here, this is um, uh, Union and uh, King Street. So that's actually the camera sense everything. And we're doing a new technology up in the Grove Street ones, okay? But the nice thing about this for us too is that we can see the snow because we can log into this whenever we want. So if, you know, Carlos is down, you know, at home, he can log on and say, hey, it's starting to snow up in Franklin. Or more importantly, it's snowing up in Franklin, say up on Union Street, but we're looking to get one down on Pond Street to get that one done too. You know, eventually we do the work down there. So, because as you know, Franklin's pretty long. There's different weather. We've had the different paths. Say on Lincoln Street, we had an incident once. Remember, we were driving to work a couple years ago, and then Washington Street would rain. I mean, but it's just different things. So, just more technology that we can react better. And but we, what we always try to do is get two things out of it. We're actually getting a better traffic control system, but that's also going to help us in the winter. So these are just things that you know we go through. Every storm is different. Um, that can affect. The, our response time. Obviously, the time is a, the day of the week, the hour of the day, okay? Um, day of the week, it's obviously easier to do it on the weekends, you know? Um, I used to say it was during the daytime, but with COVID, it's kind of changed. I think people are driving around Franklin now, some people work out of town now. There's, there's, there's a whole lot more traffic around just the normal daytime hours. Um, obviously, the hour of day, if it's three o'clock in the morning, it starts, it's easier to get all the salting trucks around town, you know, take our three hours and treat the town. If it's at two o'clock in the afternoon, I mean, they're stuck in traffic like everybody else. Cause you know, like I always say, we have kind of like a wagon wheel in town. They got to come here to get it salt and go out, it takes a while. Uh, the duration of storm, we got to plan that up front. Um, we don't have the luxury of having like two crews, you know, on and off. The same guys have to, you know, keep going. So we're looking at storm. If it's going to be, you know, a one day event, that's not too bad. If it's going to be a three or four days. We can start pacing the guys out. It's not just our guys, the contractors, a lot of sleep breaks and everything else. Um, a mountain type of precipitation, obviously, if it's a heavy snow, if it's a sleet. Uh, temperature during the storm, you know, it's funny you drive around, I got road sensors in my truck. There's a huge difference between 32 and 33. I mean, at one degree, you know, you'll see what happens, you know, things start locking up and freezing. It's huge. So, if it's, if it's a colder type storm, you know, um, we have to use a specialized salt that we know it's gonna be like down into the uh, 15 or 16 degrees like we had. You gotta use a treated salt because the, the, the sodium chloride will not work. You have to go with a magnesium. It's more expensive. But we don't wanna use our magnesium if it's only gonna be 28 degrees because we've gotta use sodium because that's cheaper. Um, weather pattern, warm to cold, cold to warm. Actually kind of the storm we just had it's kind of ones that we go from warm to cold because everything is out there and it's all locked up. 
I like it in the springtime when it goes from cold to warm. You know, it's, it's going to melt right afterwards. Uh, frost in and out of the ground. This last storm, we really didn't have frost in the ground. We have frost in the ground now. Uh, the month of the storm, it's so January in you know December. This is like one of our toughest times for the month because we don't have uh, uh, sun radiational warming. So like the same storm that we got like the end of February, March, the sun's out a lot longer. It warms up a lot quicker. It's higher in the sky, so that makes a big difference. And obviously, recent storm activity. You go back to 2014. Oh, it just snowed 14 inches. That's snowed 14 inches. And then we had 24 inches. I mean, we just have nowhere to put it. So that, that can be um, a thing. And like this storm was a lot easier. And then even like as we go through the seasons like last year, um, you know, your first time we go out, like this time we did treat the whole town. Because when it gets some residue up there, it's going to, you know, an inch of snow. Um, but as we go along, you get the res re residual salts out there. Um, you don't have to go out as often. And it's going to keep melting. It's going to keep doing this thing. Um, preparing for storms, we're like everybody else, whether, you know, we watch the weather, equipment ready, readiness, you know, as soon as the truck comes back in, even if it's salting, we start preparing for the next storm. Availability of DPW personnel, um, like any other organizations, we have people that might be taking some time off, they might be injured, so we guess see what's around. Um, contact with other departments, find out what there's going on, particularly the schools. Um, have had a great relationship with the schools as far as snow removal operations. It really started with Maureen back in the day. I just want to throw out there about the sidewalk so you all know that, um, can't, I, I don't know if it's her or I, but just do talking because the sidewalks are always an issue with a lot of parents. So what they do is like, you know, they do the, the, the cost of the kids to go to school. So if the sidewalks aren't clear, she'll direct the buses to pick up anybody, like whether you're a paying student or not for the buses. They will pick up anybody in town until all the sidewalks are clear. And that's worked out really good. And even like in 2014, they actually, I can't even remember if we paid or she paid, she hired more buses just to go pick kids up. And that makes the parents happy. And it's, you know, so no one can say the sidewalks aren't done. You have an alternate way to do it. But I think we all know a lot of parents drive their kids to school because anytime you just drive up, there's a lot of cars in there. So, uh, but there's always on one or two. But that's what we've done. That's worked out really well. And obviously, I've, I've met with the, uh, uh, the new superintendent, and we have our conversations, and we got that going pretty good. Um, we contacted contracts and equipment about their personnel, what's working, what's not. Availability of supplies, salt, that really hasn't been an issue since we had the second salt kit down there. Um, training and after action, we're using get ready for next. And we always say, hey, what do we do right? What do we do wrong? What can we improve? That happens every time. So a couple things I just like to go over with the residents. This is my personal pet peeve. Okay? <coughs> After we clear the whole road, someone comes out and plows the snow back into the road. Okay, that's be like me pushing, you know, snow into someone else's house. You just don't do that. This is our property. You shouldn't be doing that. Plus, it just looks really annoying to us guys. I, I can't lie to you. And most of this is contractors. I got to admit. So I am not afraid to uh, write tickets. And, uh, we give out a lot of tickets. A lot of most I should take. They're, they're more like notices. I'd say if you go talk to people or the contractors out, they don't happen again. Carlos would say I like doing it, don't I? I like talking. <laughs> many, I'm really tired. Many late night stops. Yeah, I know, yeah, I get to talk to people. <laughs> um, so the parking um, ban, this just came up a long time ago. So basically between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m., um, if there's a, there's a storm, we don't have, like the old days, you could not park on the street all winter long. This is actually works out really good. Between one and five, you can't be able to, if we're doing any kind of snowmobile operations. And I gotta tell you, the police are great about this. I call them up, don't have a laundry list, 
like the whole thing before. And it's usually the first couple of storms. It's usually, you know, the east and west, the downtown areas. It's, you know, different people don't know. But we'll call them up and they'll, they'll give warnings to it. And after that, it, it kind of goes away. But it works out pretty well. Um, no salt availability DPWR. This obviously is safety of employees and residents, DPW regu DEP regulation liability issues. Because it always comes up. When I first got there, people were like, oh, it's all shit, fill up the buckets. Like, you can't be doing that. You know, we were up all night, just big loaders running around. It ain't safe. And then people like, why well, need you dump a load of salt out by the gate? Oh, no, we're not going to put salt out there with the water. It's just more water. Just, so we just don't do that. You got to go get their own salt. Uh, fire hydrants, we don't clear the fire hydrants in town. You know, that's, that, that's we, uh, the responsibility. And the fire department doesn't be there, so it's responsibility of the residents. You know, they can do it. So one of the things we get is, you know, I can't find the fire hydrant. You can call us up. We'll come out and find it for you. Um, they can track it down, and we put markers on it. Because I'm looking at this one hydrant. Of course, it doesn't have a marker on it. But this is not <laughs> one of our hydrants. Uh, basketball hoops or anything else, not loud in public right away. This is obviously not there anymore. But you can see that would be a problem with a plow truck getting hit by that. We don't want to knock it over. But every once in a while, we ask the folks, and we go out and we tell people this time of year, you know, pull them back in. Our mailbox policy, as I always say, um, we don't have a competition down there who knocks over the most mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. And, um, so yeah, we don't give everything. <laughs> so, you know, and, and, I, and I've talked to the guys about it. It's, it's one thing, it's like, you know, I say it's a boss that frustrates me because we really do a good job in town, so clear and so. And, you know, it, it, if you got your mailbox knocked over, it would frustrate you. So you know why you know really take the time not to hit a mailbox because that's that's the last impression that I want. We've done a great job clearing to get a mailbox on the So um, we've had uh, we do it and we do have a mailbox policy. I think it's fifty bucks now. Yeah. It's fifty bucks. If we knock your mailbox over, you just present a receipt and uh, that's the limit. Because what I do is we got, I go look at Home Depot or Lowe's and what a, a mailbox a post cost. People come in all the time. You know, you're like, oh, my Walpole Woodworkers cost three thousand dollars. Well, sorry. <laughs> We ain't paying for that one. And the rules behind is actually the mailbox is in the public right away. So it's actually on our property and we're giving them permission to use it. So that's the law behind that. It's been challenged many times. But uh, it's, you know, it's a $50. It is what it is. So I always like putting this on top 10 complaints. Um, plows keep putting snow in my driveway right after I shovel. That is true. We literally wait till you're done shoveling driveway <laughs> and we want to fill it back up, okay? That's, that is our yeah. only thing. <laughs> People are going to walk away. Walk around the corner. Yeah, I know. We, we're hiding there for you. What happens at my house? Well, you're special. <laughs> Actually, we bring snow to your house. <laughs> so anyways, uh, my street's not down asphalt, but others are. You know, there's a lot of reasons to tie that. Obviously, the main street. I mean, generally speaking, what I like to say is, is you know you leave uh, your house which you haven't shoveled or done anything to your driveway but you expect all your roads to be clear to say that but you back out if you're in a subdivision yeah the roads might be a little but as you progress the road should get better you know like do you think the speed goes up the road should be the like Lincoln Street should be a lot better than Saddlebrook you know just because the way the traffic and everything goes. so but then you know like I said we go back to we try to have it down somewhat else fall less than an inch um, there's more snow on my side of the road than the other. Um, I don't think that's fair. I think everybody should get the same amount of snow. So we really honestly try to divide it up evenly. Uh, but sometimes it does happen. We give people more snow, and that's not fair. You know, because the other guy wants the snow. That's the way I look at it. So that's, uh, that's all good. The roadway is too narrow. There's only enough for one car to pass. That does happen. Um, 
we've we've gone out after some big storms and we have to because what happens is the smaller trucks their plows can only push the weight back so far um, we like to keep it to the curb we want to start the curb it's also a drainage issue thing because that's where the catch basins are so we want to keep it back but we get to the point we have to send the big loaders out and that's usually done a couple days after and what we do is it's this is really good customer service is if we do have to go back and people have opened up their driveways we'll send a small plow trucks just to clean out their driveways a little like that but that is that we don't want to keep that uh, snow banks are too high i can't see oncoming traffic that's obviously a problem once again we'll send the loaders out and knock them back down you hit my mailbox i can't get to my mailbox well i hopefully didn't hit it and i don't know why we can't find your mailbox we'll try it i can't dig out find my hydrant you know that's one thing sometimes you do get buried we will call we'll find the hydrant for you I push snow up on my property. We really try not to push snow on the property, but I don't, most people don't understand just where the curb ends doesn't mean that's where your property is. Okay, you, depending on the road, there could be two feet, there could be 20 feet. So we try to keep it on you know, the town property. Um, the plow trucks are driving like 40 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. uh, this is always my favorite. Um, a plow truck coming down the road is an extremely loud, scary thing if you are out there. And that is, that is the truth. Okay, because they're banging and everything else. I've taken different members of the council out and drive a plow truck. I drive a plow truck. You can't drive a plow truck at 40 miles an hour. You really can't because the snow comes over, everything else, it's unsafe. So uh, that's not really happening. We also have uh, GPS in our vehicles too. So if you know, people really say they're speed, we can tell exactly where they're going. And one of my personal favorites, people will call it, you know what's going to stop snowing? I'm like, no. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> but people actually call it like it's like I'm creating stuff. So that's always one of my favorite things. And then I was thinking about summer. It's right around the corner. And, you know, we, we're, get, we're getting there. So that was the first year. Could be optimistic. Thank you, Brutus. And having been one of the counselors that have had an opportunity to ride in a plow, actually, he does know how to drive a plow. I rode with him one night or one afternoon. And you can't go over 40 miles an hour in one of those things. Uh, your teeth rattle and it's crazy. Anyway, questions or comments from the council? Councilor Frontilla. Thank you. Uh, thanks for the presentation as always. Uh, two main sets of, of comments. Uh, one, is, uh, I've said that both uh, before, uh, but one is on the salting piece. I do think that uh, more and more we're ready as a town to some extent to accept less salt in exchange for healthier water and uh, sources. I get, you know, uh, I've gotten numerous emails from people on the other side saying, hey, there's, there's too much salt, or I'm worried about the ponds, and I think that that's the right place to be. And so I understand that you're getting the, the angriest of calls, but uh, I hope that you have some protection from, from leadership in saying that you know our water quality and our uh, wildlife uh, around our ponds and uh, you know, waterways are, are important to us. Uh, so that the, the more that you feel you can you know, pull back and solve the well, I think that's appropriate. Uh, the other is is sidewalks. Um, I do have a question. I, what like what bylaws exist to direct you to around snow operations, or is it fully under your uh, control? Is there a set policy that's written somewhere, um, or is it just sort of you know? So 
regard regarding the sidewalks, um, the sidewalks we do, like I said, that was established before I got here. There's a police, fire, and school. And we've obviously put a lot more sidewalks in, in 18 years that's been there. So those are those are the priority ones. Um, it, it hasn't been expanded upon. Um, you know, it, it's it, if they are expanded on, it's just another tasking that you're asking us to do. That's a personnel issue and an equipment issue. Um, we bought a sidewalk plow last year. What pumped? They're very expensive, like what, one hundred and forty thousand dollars. One hundred forty thousand dollars, you know, per machine. So um, they're expensive, and then it ta you know it takes more time. I will say it. We have talked about doing what a lot of other communities do is that have um, have uh, commercial properties do their sidewalks in front of their their property. Yeah. And um, and we've looked at that in the past and. So if that happened, it would basically be about 20% of the sidewalks I do. So that would free up, you know, 20% of my resources, or I get that 20% quicker, you know, depending on how things go. But that's something that the council has to take up, and that's a, that's a priority. It's an option. Yeah. But a lot of communities do do that. The the priority, the priorities that you laid out, and the priority sidewalks. Uh, yeah, are those written policies or like? It's, it's an established map that was adopted by the town years ago. The map. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and that's all in line. I, yeah, I have the map in front of me. Mr. I think the was repealed. Um, are you talking about clearing the sidewalks? So there was. Is that what yeah. you're asking, Councilman Because there was a bylaw. No, no, that there was a bylaw that was repealed. No, no, no. The the, the idea of we're going to do these roads first. We're going to do. Uh, this yes. session, we're going to do That's the order in which what Councilor Frontier, I think, is looking for is what's who set the criteria of doing roads before sidewalks or yeah. doing which roads, which roads yeah, before right. sidewalks. I have no idea. Uh, that that was that was pre-made, and I've just been going along. Yeah, James. I think one aspect of it that we all have to remember is that roadways are critical arteries for all emergency response. And it's not to say sidewalks aren't, um, but the reality is roadways are, I, I think the chief and the chief would say, you know, if somebody has a heart attack and you can't get to a road, even if it's a subdivision, we're doing the full town, when it gets over those three inches, I think the roadways are probably just, are just really the most, the most important thing. Um, regardless of policy, I think if you, even if the council flipped them and said, let's do parking lots first, sidewalks second, roads third, I think in actual reality, we would just plow the roads first because you have to. Otherwise, you can't get ambulance, cop, police cars, hurt. And residents are going to be in a 24-7 society. They're just going to be irate, as they already are, when they can't get out of their house and get down the road. And I think that roadways are just the obvious. <clears throat> know if it takes any voter priority. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. And I think on top of that, another point would be if you don't plow the roads first, if you plow the sidewalks, when you go to plow the roads, they're going to push you back onto the sidewalk. 100%. I think what we need to continuously talk about as we think about a larger vision where we're welcoming more people that uh, to our town that aren't taking a car for everything, including many that already exist, then it's not about finishing all the roads and then all the sidewalks. It's, you know, knowing that there are certain sidewalks that uh, people need to use to do their daily tasks. And some of those should get done uh, before we get to the most rural road in, in Franklin. Uh, 
right? That the, that needs to be the priority. Surely we should, you know, we're, we're uh, a car-centric town. We will be uh, for for some time to come. Surely we should be doing the main roads uh, first, and and probably even the secondary uh, road before getting to the sidewalks. But it seems like we, you know, I, I'm a big proponent of like culture follows uh, form more than um, you know culture. Uh, you know, impacting form, right? That like, if the sidewalks are clear, then people will walk uh, and, and use the sidewalks, right? Um, and if they know that they're gonna be clear and reliably clear uh, year round, then they know that they can sign up to live, to, live in that place um, without, you know, needing a vehicle or access to a vehicle at all times. So I don't know, I, the, the question for a, a policy is more like how do I, how do we look at something on paper and say, actually, our town values are this, and they're changing, and they need to be here, um, or is it just us like telling you, and you like being like, all right, I hear you, and, and maybe I'll change. And Jamie, yeah, who's chairing? Um, so like a rural road is actually one of the most vulnerable areas. Like so, I think at the end of the day. I just, we're in an emergency state. And obviously I'm thinking of this from a, just a typically large 12 to 18 inch storm. Um, at the end of the day, if you're looking for prioritization, it really is just trying to get to a place where we're loading up staff and equipment. So we're not picking and choosing, oh, we're gonna do over there, over here, but that we can get more bandwidth. I think Bruce mentioned this on one of the slides with the 20%. So not to make a plug for having uh, commercial, I'm, not overstating here that commercial industrial businesses in downtown which don't do any shoveling or the residents in downtown that don't do any shoveling like if we all decide at some point we need greater bandwidth to do things i think we do need to spread out the responsibility to some level and part of that is also on all of us to figure out strategies on how to enhance and give them more staff and equipment but also how to pull in the responsibility of the community to do like their little part in shoveling the sidewalk in front of their business in downtown or in, in, in Frenchman Crossing or even the residents. I don't think it's a Herculean task to ask people to do that. Um, and I think as Brutus has mentioned, it would give up 20% more space to be able to do some of those areas concurrently, parallel with one another. And I think ultimately in the long run, it's not about prioritizing as much as it is growing more bandwidth and resources uh, to get out there and actually do more. Because I think where the citizen comes from is simply Get it done as fast as you can. <laughs> wherever I want to walk, wherever I want to drive, right? I think we all feel that. Um, we just all want to get out of our house and do what we got to do. And um, and so I think ultimately, in the long run, that's going to be the way we have to go as a community. Thank you. You yeah. still have the floor, Council. Yeah, I, I still go back to my question of like how. What can we set? Like, or do we even have oversight over snow operations? Like, what? Like, we, you come and present. Do we have any formal way to give you feedback, or is it just sort of like, you know, we're not? All you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really it. There's no, there's no written policy. There's no opportunity to have written policy. To be honest with you, Mr. Chairman, I, I've never heard, to be honest with you, I've never had the question posed or presented, yeah. so I don't know how to answer it because I, I think if you've ever been, in, and maybe you should go on a ride with Brutus in the truck or if you're going to be at the 
fire department, uh, when the chief is there with National Grid about how storm operations go, that may be an educational process for a lot of people. Um, it's just when you're in the middle of a storm, I gotta be honest, like the priority ladder of policy is not something we read. It's really about the phone calls, the electricity that's out. It's just a different, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just, you're kind of in the zone for 48 hours. It's just like you're blocking out and responding on a case-by-case -case basis. People are complaining, they can't get out, the ambulance is getting called. It's just everyone's in that in that space. They're just in that, they're, they're in that space of being able to get it done. I don't, I've never had it posed about a policy of an ordering. I think the order that Bruce has up there, to his point, has been adopted for years, but I think most towns probably do that. Um, so we can have a further discussion on it, Mr. Sure. Chairman, about what exactly, or tonight, what, what the thoughts are. I'll thank Bruce. Um, and so, you know, I'm not really sure how you break it down a little further. Um, you know, maybe there's some suggestions about it, I don't know where, you know, yeah. do we leave neighborhoods out of plowing the streets first? Is that what you're talking about? So, uh, yeah, but so at like some subdivisions point come last and the sidewalks come first? At, at, at some point, there are, that is a value statement, that is a conversation, but not every community is waiting till they finish every last road before they put someone on main sidewalks, right? Like that, that is an inherent value statement that we should have the opportunity to have a conversation. No. Okay. We can have a, we can have a discussion tonight, not tonight for that. That's fine. Yeah, I, I, my question is more, how, how do we? Because these, these presentations come and go. If, if, we, if we were to direct the town administrator to direct the DPW to plow the sidewalks first, he'd have to plow the sidewalks first. That's the, if that's the answer you're looking for, that's what could happen. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I, I hear that. Yeah, I, I think I think my question was was, was answered. Okay, uh, Mr. Chairman, and I think it's just important to say. I'm like I'm looking at the slide now. Yeah, these were established by the police department, the public safety. They're saying what right. the priorities need to be done, right? And then the school department. That's I mean, it's our biggest customer. I don't know, hey, you do what you say. I totally understand, but I guess I was getting to the bottom line with uh, Councilor Frangillo's question, which was. Is there an avenue? And sure, there's an avenue with the governing body. Correct. So, the, the, you know, that's where I was going. Yeah. Okay? Thank you. Okay. Uh, any other counselors? Uh, Councilor Blake. We may be the governing body, but we don't know at all. No. I think oh. it's up to the DPW to make those decisions, and I don't think it's up to Jamie either to make them or change his way of doing it. And I was okay. not suggesting that. No, no, I no, was but just I just wanted it to be questions. put out there. Yeah. I have I another question, too. Sure. Um, just a comment. Sure. Because uh, I hear from so many people, what, and really so many people, I know sometimes you say that, and it's not, but during snow time, to be able to get the mixture of the, uh, the salt and the sand, and I understand what you said about being down at the garage and that, that it's dangerous with the trucks and all. So just a thought, why can't we put some in barrels that are in different sections, like maybe in the uh, parking lot of the uh, Big Y, you can get permission, Star Market, 
places like that that people know that they could go there and get a little bucket of it or whatever. I don't mean cloud drivers and all of that that do things set up privately. But it just is a thought. Think about that, to put it someplace else, because I certainly understand the danger of them going down to the DPW blocks, okay? And, um, and perhaps we may have to look, and this is something that the council can do, is we have to look back at the bylaw that we rescinded as far as for uptown people, businesses and that, um, to help out. I mean, we're a growing town. We need some assistance. Let's get the business people uptown to help to be able to clear out in front of their places. That's another thing to think about. You don't have to give an answer. No, to you we, we've talked about it, and I will say just like practicality. I can tell you, and I don't know who the owner is of the Taco Bell. Yeah. He's not out to show He has a contract. Yeah. He, you know, he, he's paying all these businesses. They're paying a landscaper or someone to do their property. Mm -hmm. For them to just do the sidewalk in front is not a big deal. They're going to do it anyways. Yeah. You know, I mean, the smaller business, yeah, I might have to go out there. But, you know, and then the areas you talk about, uh, Councillor, is that the downtown areas, that's where, you know, these bigger developments are going. People are walking. People aren't on Elm Street trying to walk the town. They're all downtown anyways. And those are, they're on 140. And these are all the ones you talk about people walking. Those are the ones you get them done. That's going to that's gonna take care of 90% of the folks you're talking about. Right off the bat. Yeah. Without a doubt. What's that? Uh, Councilor DeLocco. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. In that, I've been kind of removing snow for like 40 years. Right? First of all, if, if the person in the room that's down off of Pond Street has a heart attack and, they're not, and, and their road's not plowed, we're in a lot of trouble. We're in an awful lot of trouble. <clears throat> not you, Brutus, not, not us, but the town is in a lot of trouble. So the roads have to get done first. First of all, you know and I know that the labor shortage is unbelievable. It is incredible. And the ones that we're getting, they're unbelievable. I'm training right now, all right? Two vomits hit each other today because I, they just can't, they just, people just, the people we're getting is just, can't do it. I'm sitting there talking to a trooper about his car. Guy's training a person coming in with a bomber took the whole back of the car right off. See you later. Go on. It's going to be a bad, bad winter. And, and we have two. We have two. We have an A and B team. You don't have an A and B team, which is even higher for you guys. Because when you're out there for 48 hours or whatever, you could be doing sidewalks, you could be doing roads, you could be doing anything. Salt trucks, you could be sitting in the loader, getting ready to load people. That is a tough, tough time. When you talk about blood money, that's really bad. And you guys do a great job, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, the sidewalks, they get done. They might be three or four days later, but you might be, you might be in the spot for three or four days. I've been there a week, straight. Mm -hmm. no, no break. It, it, it's awful. It's awful. People got to understand that it's not an easy job. But you guys do a good job, and it's, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not an easy job. It's really hard. But you got to take care of public safety first. It's the first thing that has to be done. Thank you, Councilor Delarco. Councilor Coney, Ledger. 
Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and thank you to all of you guys for the presentation and for all of your hard work keeping the town safe and beautiful year-round. I guess my only um, observation uh, to, to bring a point, because I agree with your priorities, I agree on the slide, um, but I wonder on a weekend if public buildings and schools aren't in use, if there might be a way to shift resources to do some sidewalks before, say, school parking lots, which, you know, the, if the kids aren't in session, the schools are closed, this building is closed. Just, just a thought, you know, that maybe some of the more popular, uh, you know, highly used sidewalk areas where we have a lot of residents, maybe to Councilor Funchy's point, without cars that rely on walking, they could be a priority. Um, not to take away from what you've got going on up there, but just perhaps if this one comes up. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Cooney. Councilor Chandler. Three, Mr. Chairman. Um, just my two cents on the, the roads first. I'm, I'm glad you do the main arteries first and then work back so we can get the people that need services, their services. That's the way I think we should be doing it, the way you are doing it. So, secondly, I know a lot of people are going to thank you guys tonight, but I think the main thing I'm so happy that you're doing is it's the team effort. I mean, look at your left, to your right, those guys in the back. I mean, this is, as Councilor Glitz, it's a tough operation. And you guys are just all pulling together, and we're lucky. Thank you for that. You have a great team. You do, I really. I think that's. You know, you've been, you've seen how it's changed over the years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really awful. I'll leave the comments at that. <laughs> um, lastly, oh no, quickly. That um, liquid sodium, I think a lot of people saw those lines down the road. Yeah. A lot of people noticed that. That was great. I, said, I mentioned it to uh, Carlos before the meeting about that. So that was good. He's really and taking the lead on that. What? He, Carlos has really taken the lead on that. We visit other towns and we're trying to create. It, it's like anything else. You know, people just get like all involved. You know, it's like, oh my God, we're doing all this stuff. We're taking, you know, it's like we do, we take baby steps. We want to make sure it's work before we do the investment and, you know, go out there. But we went to uh, Sudbury, we looked at them, and then I know you went up to Framingham the other day and see how they're doing things. You know, something's working, stuff doesn't work. Like, you know, there's all different kinds of stuff to do. But we're just, but we're, it's going to be good. So. And lastly, sometimes you get blamed for everything. I know that. I do. So I do. Everything. <laughs> Since this is informational, maybe you can tell people a couple of the spots that the state are responsible for that we don't do, like so Grove Street and, much. and that, 140 where the million accidents. That is a great question. So yeah, Route 140 through town for the majority of it is, is maintained by the state, whether it's a pothole, whether it's the sidewalk clearing from there, that's, that should all be under the state. And it basically goes from uh, Bellingham all the way up just past um, Beaver Street. Okay, there's, there's actually a line, there's a sign there to say state control. Then through the town, we're responsible for the downtown area, and then it goes just to the other, almost up to what we call King and um, Lewis, Lewis, Lewis Street. Goes Chestnut. Lewis Street. Yeah, Lewis, 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 Lewis Street. So it goes just past there. And then from there, out into Rentham, they're responsible for it. And then the other thing, it's been through the years that um, it's actually two different districts that maintain it. So. We used to have it, they'd come through town, they'd turn around. I still got one district doing it, so they kind of help us out. 
the guys coming from the uh, west. District three. District three takes care of us. We're actually in their district, oh. but it was a district five. We're district not. five from yeah. I yelled at them. Yeah. Yeah. I went. I did political on that. Didn't it? it helped for a number of years, but then you know, I don't know. Well, we got a new governor coming, so I'll try. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Councilor Chairman. Councilor Hamlin. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Through the chair, uh, Brutus, Carlos, Tony, and the awesome team back there. Thank you all for being here. I um, I look forward to this this um, presentation every year. Um, what's really interesting to me is the changes in the new equipment and the different and how you're trying to adapt. I think that's really interesting. Um, and I also noticed that recently you've done this great outreach with, of information on your social media and on the newsletter, the, the Franklin, um, the town newsletter. And I think it, it makes a big difference to people. Um, I have one question though about the light. Did the light on the triangle work? I think the sign said, turn piles of snow into piles of dough. Right? Is that what it said? It did. <laughs> and, that, and that was Roseanne. I, we got to give Roseanne credit for that one. <laughs> Every time I went by it, I was laughing. I'm like, I love that. Did it work? Well, actually, we just got a few new contractors like last minute here. So uh, every time we get a new contractor, it's like uh, we just won the lottery. So yes. we're uh, pretty psyched about that. So we just we just got about four more trucks four more just trucks, recently. That's so fantastic. That was nice. Yeah, that, and that was really fun. You guys should do a little outreach on that on that triangle all the time. But thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Jones. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, following with Councilor Plegger said about the idea of putting salt in various parts of the town. You know, 172 School Street, you know, we split a small pile. There, I'll let the neighbors know. I will. I'm a big pile. Yeah, just take up the whole driveway, why not? Um, but Brutus and guys, and everything, you hope for how many times we had this discussion Right, you've talked about snow and snow removal until the cows come home. Everything from the cost increase in the budget that comes associated with that. I know the prices are going down. I mean, if anything, for that matter, I'm, sure I'm, I'm assuming that of your, your costs, not only in regards to the cost of materials, but the cost of repairs, and trying to get parts, and the supply chain, and all that other stuff. You guys are running into the same headaches that many of us are running into out there in the industry. But there is one thing I've learned, and one thing I try to teach my students, is I'm an electrician, not a carpenter, if I do carpentry, I don't know how to do it well, so I call a carpenter. I don't plow snow, I don't know how to plow snow, so who do I call? Somebody knows how to. That's your purview. You guys have done it well. You've done it very well for the past 14 years that I've been here. I have no intentions of sitting here tonight and telling you how to do your job. Okay? I trust you, and I trust the administration to make the best possible choices for safety. Is safety, as we've all learned, trumps everything first. And I appreciate all of the hard work, all of the effort that goes into making our town comparatively so better than most towns when people wake up in the morning and they go out on their cars and they drive out on the streets and they say, wow, the roads are flawed only to go into some adjacent town, I won't name any towns, and find out their streets haven't even been touched yet. So you guys do a tremendous job with such you show up with that awesome top hat and you have a presentation every single year. And you throw in a little bit of clever rhetoric with that as well, too. And that really you know, sets the tone. 
but that just goes to show how professional our staff really is. And I really appreciate all the hard work that goes into that. Uh, the good news is my mailbox is a porch. So we can get that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't challenge us. <laughs> thank you, Mr. Jones. Councilor Sharon. Yeah, I just want to thank you for the presentation. It was very good. and very informative. And uh, thank you for all you do. When you did hit the fence and you were great, just came back and fixed it in the spring. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Any other questions or comments? Brutus, thank you once again, Carlos. Thank you, Tony. Not an easy job, but certainly. Thank you. Okay, moving on. Legislation for action, resolution 22-87, gift acceptance, Veterans Services Department, $565. Clerk will read the resolution. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is resolution 22-87, acceptance of gift, Veterans Services Department, whereas the Veterans Service Department has received a generous donation in the total amount of $565 to be used at the discretion of the department as follows. Donation summary, Veterans Services Department, $565. Donations to be applied at the discretion of the Veterans Service Department towards the Municipal Systems Fund in support of local veterans and their families. List of donors is included on the tw uh, December 14, 2022 Town Council meeting agenda packet. Now therefore be resolved that the Town Council of the Town of Franklin on behalf of the Veterans Services Department gratefully accepts this generous donation to be used at the discretion of the department purposes noted above. This resolution should become effective according to the provisions of the Town of Franklin Home Rule Charter. Move resolution 22-87. Second. Motion to second. Discussion, Jamie. I just want to thank everybody that uh, donated. And while folks may say, uh, well, it's $565 in donations, and that is tremendous, I just want to also point out that there are 14 different individuals and a couple families in there. And it's just amazing at the uh, bandwidth of how many people in town donate. It's not always about you know how much. Um, but just how many people consistently you always look at that list and it's just so long, you know, and I don't think it always gets noticed. So I just want to mention that and thank everybody for their generosity during the holiday season. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. Questions or comments from the council? Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to approve resolution 22-87. A majority vote's required. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Bylaw Amendment 22-888, Chapter 170, Vehicles and Traffic, Section 170-22, Subsection A, Location of Stop Signs. First reading, Clerk will read the Bylaw Amendment. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is Bylaw Amendment 22-888, uh, Chapter 170, Vehicles and Traffic, a bylaw to amend the Code of Town of Franklin, and Chapter 170, Vehicles and Traffic, Article 4, Sorry, I six. Traffic regulations, regulation sections 170-22, section A. Being enacted by the Franklin Town Council at chapter 170, Code of Town of Franklin, Franklin, uh, Franklin Vehicles and Traffic Article uh, 6. Traffic regulations is hereby amended by leaving and or adding the following text to an appropriate alphabetical order at subsection 170-22, subsection A. Uh, subsection 170-22, location of stop signs. A, the erection and maintenance of official stop signs are authorized by the Town Council at the following locations. Stop sign on 
Brandywine with an eastbound direction with the intersection of Hopalatic Street, Childs Drive uh, at the direction of eastbound on Brandywine Road and Union Meadows Lane, which is eastbound on Upper Union Street. This bylaw amendment shall become effective in accordance with the provisions of the Franklin Home Charter. Move bylaw amendment 22-888 to a second reading. Second. Motion and second. Discussion, Jamie. Uh, through you, Mr. Chairman, so this is our annual cleanup uh, due to uh, Councillor Plegri's keen eye last year. Uh, she caught the fact that uh, we were supposed to add in stop signs uh, every year, and we committed to doing a cleanup once a year, so we weren't doing it every single one. These are all um, these are all roads that came to the Council for public acceptance. Um, so now this is just updating the bylaw, like we said we do every year, um, and just adding in the signs. Thank you, Jamie. Questions or comments from the council? Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to move bylaw amendment 22-888 to a second reading. A majority roll call votes required. No? No roll call. Just majority. Was in there. Okay. Majority vote. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Resolution 22-88, Local Acceptance of Mass General Law, Chapter 40, Section 5B, Fourth Paragraph. <coughs> Clerk will read the resolution. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is Resolution 22-88, Local Acceptance of Mass General Law, Chapter 40, Section 5B, Fourth Paragraph, whereas the fourth and final paragraph of Chapter 40, Section 5B is the Local Acceptance Statute. That permits a municipality to dedicate without further appropriation all or a percentage of not less than 25% of the particular fee, charge, or other receipts to any stabilization fund established pursuant to this section, provided, however, that the receipt is not reserved by law for expenditure for a particular purpose. Now, therefore, be moved and voted that the town accepts the fourth and final paragraph of Chapter 40, Section 5B, to dedicate without further appropriation all or a percentage of not less than 25% of a particular fee, charge, or other receipts and any other stabilization fund established pursuant to this section, provided, however, that the receipt is not reserved by law for expenditure and for a particular purpose. This acceptance shall be in effect until rescinded by the town council, but not rescinded as shall occur until earlier than July 1st of 2025. This resolution shall become effective according to the provisions of the Town of Franklin Local Charter. Move resolution 22-88. Second. Motion is second. Discussion, Jamie. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I'm just going to speak right now on behalf of the next two resolutions. Both relate to the opioid settlement creation of the stabilization account. This first one is probably confusing to anybody that reads it, but we have to do that one before we do the next one, uh, according to the finance director. Um, and so both of these are dedicated to setting up the stabilization account. Um, just for the public's transparency, why a stabilization account? Um, otherwise, we'd have to incorporate all the revenues for the next 20 years into the operating budget, which they're, like those post-community agreements, there are special rules put in the, t in the settlement fund. And so by having a stabilization fund, it'll make it a lot more cleaner on both the operating budget and for our appropriation mechanisms for the next 20 years. So the stabilization fund is the wise move um, to make sure we have a proper home for those monies over the next two decades. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. Questions or comments from the council? Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to approve resolution 22-88, 
A majority votes required. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? <coughs> Motion carries. Resolution 22-89, creation of the Massachusetts Statewide Opioid Settlement Stabilization Fund as authorized by Chapter uh, by General Mass General Law Chapter 40, Section 5B. Clerk will read the resolution. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Resolution 22-89, creation of the Massachusetts Statewide Opioid Settlement Stabilization Fund as authorized by General Law Chapter 40, Section 5B. Whereas General Law Chapter 40, Section 5B authorizes the municipality <clears throat> to create a stabilization fund for specified purpose and to appropriate amounts thereto. And whereas the town of Franklin has a need for a special purpose stabilization fund to allow it to accumulate revenue received from the Massachusetts Statewide Opioid Settlement in order to fund substance use, disorder prevention, harm reduction, treatment, and recovery. Now, therefore, be voted by the Franklin Town Council that as authorized by General Law Chapter 40, Section 5B. A special purpose stabilization fund to be known as the Massachusetts Statewide Opioid Settlement Stabilization Fund is hereby created and the purpose for said stabilization, said stabilization fund shall be to accumulate revenues received from the Massachusetts Statewide Opioid Settlement in order to fund substance use opioid use disorders, prevention, harm reduction, treatment, recovery, mental health counseling, first responder overdose emergency equipment. This resolution shall become effective according to the provisions of the Town of Franklin Homeland Charter. Move resolution 22-89. Second. Motion and second. Discussion. All set, Mr. Chairman. All set. Questions or comments from the council? Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to approve resolution 22-89. Uh, Two-thirds. Two-thirds majority votes required. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Resolution 22-90, authorization of the appropriation for purchase of three parcels of unimproved land. Clerk will read the resolution. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Resolution 22-90, authorization of an appropriation for purchase of three parcels of unimproved land. Whereas David H. Mosell. waive the reading. Second. Motion and second to waive the reading. All those in favor of, uh, of waiving the reading signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? <coughs> Motion carries. Move resolution 22-90. Second. Motion and a second. Discussion and a summary, Jamie, for the audience and the people in Chambers. Uh, yeah, um, Merry Christmas, Happy yeah, Holidays, absolutely encompass stuff. Um, so the tonight's uh, resolution <clears throat> says for uh, three parcels of land, which is technically correct, um, but with this resolution, um, we'll authorize the purchase of 17 acres of open space um, directly adjacent to Schmidt Farm, uh, which the community just purchased a couple months ago. Um, and then also uh, there are a couple of other small acres literally undevelopable in the middle of swamp that the family is also donating to the town um, and so uh, I just want to thank uh, Dalzell family Kathy um, and David for their incredible generosity um, there were other options uh, that the family did have um, this is one of those where the family um, took a different route um, and to put it bluntly the family probably gave up some sum of money um, to ensure that this incredibly gorgeous hill right next to the other 113 acres are preserved 
and there are conservation restrictions forever. So um, make no mistake about it, folks. Um, this is an incredibly generous offer from the family. The purchase price is $250,000. Um, the Community Preservation Committee has recommended the appropriation from the budget of reserve. Um, this is not borrowing, just for clarity from other folks, this is out of direct cash. Um, and the Finance Committee also recommended it both at their meetings last week and executive session. Why were we in executive session? Uh, because at the time, the family uh, was out visiting their kids in Arizona and they couldn't get the purchase and sale signed and back in time, so we couldn't publicly talk about it, so we had to do executive session. So tonight really is actually the first time we've talked about this publicly outside of executive session. This is also probably one of the fastest and quickest land purchase and sale agreements I have ever been a part of. Even Mark probably could say that. This has all taken place within the last five weeks. Um, and so um, there's some pictures we included yeah. the staff so people know what they're buying. Um, it, this is pure forest. Uh, it's beautiful. There are nice trails up there. As people can see, there's nice fields. Um, and so this will actually make a nice uh, continuation of the 113 acres to make it 130 acres. Um, and that brings the grand total, Mr. Chairman. The last 18 months, the town of Franklin has purchased 200 acres of open space um, in the last 18 months. Um, By the way, that's more work for them. <laughs> so, um, and uh, I know they take a lot of pride with this, but um, I think this is ultimately a perfect definition of community yeah. preservation and exactly what it was all intended to do. Um, and so, um, that's it. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, Jamie. And it is mind-blowing to me that what we've been able to accomplish just in the last year of. Uh, buying 200 acres of open space land for the community. It's just incredible. A lot of work over a lot of years have, has gone into it. Uh, and I don't want to say that it's just this council. Prior councils were involved in identifying these different pieces of property. This was one that just happened fall into our lap, so to speak. And uh, again, I uh, can't thank the Delgado family enough for uh, giving us this opportunity. Councilor Jones. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, the first committee I ever joined in the town of Franklin was actually the Open Space Committee. This was back in 2008, I believe. And one of the charges of the committee was to promote getting as much open space for the town in order for preservation. And one thing I can honestly say sitting here today is we should all be very proud of the efforts that, that this council and the follow and former councils have made to get us to this point. Two hundred acres of preservation. That is an absolutely astonishing um, number. And I'm just so proud of that. I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who's put a lot of effort into making this possible. Uh, I think the community is going to be very proud of that fact. I think have I checked, you don't plow forced, so pretty much good to go on that one, Brutus. And um, I don't go to school. I, I look forward. I look forward to what the future plans are for this property. I know there's going to be a lot of future discussion on what the possible uses will be, and I really hope to be a part of that discussion. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Councilor Jones. Councilor Hamlin. Oh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. I was just going to say let's vote, but um, yeah. I'm very excited 
it's amazing. Um, over 200 acres of um, preserved land, and it's just gorgeous property. So I'm really excited. Let's vote. <laughs> Any other questions or comments? Seeing none, the sorry, vote will. Huh? Sorry, Councilor Frangillo. This is this is more for clarification. Uh, the one on the parcel off Pond Street, because we talked a lot about the main one. That's the, that's the big get, and I think that's fantastic. I see the mine um, run. Um, do you happen to have it in front of you, or know where the Pond Street one is? It, not really. Okay. <laughs> Literally, not really. It's, it, there's three parcels in the deed. As uh, Jamie indicated, the main driver was the 17-acre parcel. Uh, the other two came along. We know where one is. Kevin has made all kinds of attempts, but can't locate the other one. <laughs> The um, I thought, Councilor Fangio, you're going to mention the um, the Mine Brook one is very weird. It is literally a square. Yeah. It is a square in like the dead center of the swamp. It, it yeah. and the Army Corps of Engineers owns everything else around it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't even know how that happens. Yeah. Uh, there must be some you know, history, must, yeah. some history that goes yeah. back 100 years or something yeah. like that. And I think the Pond Street one's in the same boat. It's pretty rare when Kevin can't identify exactly what sliver it is, mm -hmm. but. Um, you know, this was a request of the family um, that was part of, kind of part of the all-encompassing the all, all deal. Mm -hmm. One last thought. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Fongello. Seeing no further questions, the vote will come on the motion to approve resolution 22-90. A majority vote is required. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Resolution 22-91, authorization from town administrator to submit American Rescue Plan Act applications to Norfolk County. Clerk will read the resolution. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is Resolution 22-91. Town Council acceptance and or approval of American Rescue Plan Act or ARPA funds. The Franklin Town Council on behalf of the town of Franklin hereby accepts the receipt of ARPA funds from and or through the Norfolk County, Mass Norfolk County, Massachusetts and approves the expenditure of said funds for the below listed purposes and authorizes the town administrator to execute any and all documents and or to take any and all other actions required for time to receive these said funds. Uh, for water main replacements and police detail, $1,055,090 resolution shall become effective according to the provisions of the town of franklin home charter move resolution 22-91 second motion is second discussion jamie through mr chairman as um mr cronin explained to the council in october uh they opened up the eligibility of the additional uh 25 percent um, of county funds um we uh, are committing to the water main replacement program for next year and this will allow us to apply to the county, which we hope will get the money within 60 days, put it out to bid, and hopefully we'll break ground. Right when that slide that Brutus put up earlier, think summer, um, and hopefully they'll be digging up the ground, so this will allow us to move forward with next year's water uh, main replacements. Thank you. Thank you. Questions and comments from the council? Councilor Frangillo. If you could just help us better understand how this project is, I'm assuming we have this is part of that like long term here's the here's the timeline of projects that need to get hit if this was next up that or is it more like 
there was it was the right size or the right like why did this get pushed to the top? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. So a couple things. Um, number one, um, the county money, as you all know from the presentation and from other talks I've given, um, is much, much more heavily restricted funds than the municipal money, and that's just the unfortunate reality of us being county in the way the statute was written. And if you heard what Mr. Cronin said, and I think you guys all can see what I'm trying to do here, is these are, these are easily qualifiable projects that essentially allow the town to do this project and the other projects um, that need to get done without having to raise rates, without having to do any other stuff. Um, I think I put in the memo, other than the water treatment plan, I can't think of the last time you guys have actually had to wa raise water rates. And actually a good reason why recently is because of a lot of the federal ARPA money. So we're trying to do projects that, that qualify. I know Congressman Auchincloss um, and the county have both been uh, basically publicly stated we are using our ARPA funds exactly as Congress had intended it to. And what I'm trying to do is put everybody in a position here too where Mr. Cronin said, if you listen to him carefully, um, only like a little less than one third of the Norfolk money that's available has actually been allocated. And he said it pretty clearly. For those towns that are using the money right and they're using all their money, any leftover money will be then redistributed by next year to other communities that have maxed out their allotment. So as I see the heads bobbing, I'm saying, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. This helps make sure the taxpayers don't have to pay for the water uh, for the water system next year for the improvements. In terms of the selection, Council for Joe, I don't know if the question is like, why this neighborhood or why these yeah, why the neighborhood? I'd have to go to Brutus in terms of uh, why exactly this neighborhood. You have to put your DPW hat on. I know. <laughs> For you. Um, we, we obviously have an asset management plan that we've been working on the council vote on the, the five-year road or water line improvement so we've been able to move things up just like we did over on uh, the one we Country Club Drive. So we moved that one up this year. We're supposed to be done next year. So then this one's moving up. So it's all it's in line. This was looked at ten years ago as far as priorities of needing a new water main and a new road. So yeah, we'll be we'll be ahead of schedule. So I'll be coming back to you for more money. Thank you. I'll set Any other questions or comments? Seeing none, the vote will come on the uh, motion to approve resolution 22-91. A majority votes required. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Yeah. Resolution 22-92, Cable Funds in Support of Peg Service in Programming per Mass General Law, Chapter 44, Subsection 53. Clerk will read the resolution. Motion to waive the reading. Second. Motion and second to waive the reading. All those in favor of waiving the reading, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Oh, move resolution 22-92. Second. Motion and a second. Discussion. Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to approve resolution 22-92. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? One no. Motion carries. Resolution 22-95. Gift acceptance, recreation department, 
$109,832.25. Clerk will read the resolution. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is Resolution 22-95, Acceptance of Gift. The Franklin Recreation Department, whereas the Franklin Recreation Department has received a generous donation in the amount of $109 million, sorry, $109,000, I'm sorry. Can I get 1.5, please? $109,832.25 to be applied to the cost and purchase of insulation of artificial turf at the Beaver Park Playground. Donation summary, Franklin Recreation Department, $109,832.25, very generously donated by Mr. Joseph Vendetti. Now therefore be resolved that the Town Council of the Town of Franklin on behalf of the Franklin Recreation Department gratefully accepts this generous donation to be used at the discretion of the Franklin Recreation Department for the purchase and installation of artificial turf at the Beaver Pond Playground. Resolution to become effective according to the provisions of the Town of Franklin Charter. Move resolution 22-95. Second. Motion is second. Discussion. Jamie. Through you, Mr. Chairman. I see Ryan Jetty. Ryan, are you are you still with us? Whoop. Yeah, he is. Whoop. Hey Ryan, I just, yeah, just want to thank the Vendetti family. Uh, they've been extremely generous over the last 18 years. Uh, I'm not sure if everybody remembers, but they donated the first Beaver Pond playground back in uh, April of 2005. Mm -hmm. uh, 16 years the playground had aged. They donated the second playground just uh, a year ago, 2021. Uh, now, after seeing the mulch and the, the additions that we've made uh, to the park, Joe had asked me to get a price on uh, putting turf on the uh, to make that new the new playground ADA compliant. So. Uh, it was 109000 and uh, we got us we accepted the donation. So it means about $187,000 they've donated to the town in the last 18 years. So I want to thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Questions or comments? Councilor Cormier-Ledger. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, I think Mr. Jetty answered it. So the, the 109 is just oddly specific. So that's an actual quote that we got from a company and they're just paying for the, the full amount of the quote. Correct. Yep. It was uh, uh, yep, 109 cents. That was to do the uh, basically mirroring what was right next to it. We just put in an obstacle course right next to the, the playground that the Vendettis donated last year. And the one they donated last year had a wood fiber uh, surfacing. And uh, the new standard for ADA compliance is to put down a unitary surface, whether it's board in place rubber or a, a crumb rubber turf surface. So that's what we're going to do now. Fantastic. And does the, does the plan include some sort of um, remembrance or a plaque for the Joseph and Mary Vendetti at, at the property, or will that come later? Yeah, uh, it does. And it, it's a replacement because, again, it was the second time they've done it. We put up a repaint replacement plaque and we put the new dedication date, which was November 22nd, uh, 2022. And, uh, and that'll, that'll be coming in shortly. We have a temp plaque up there now. I removed it today and I actually hand delivered it to Mr. Vendetti uh, in exchange for that check and, and a letter thanking them. Okay. Fantastic, it's a, it's a wonderful donation. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Cormier-Ledger. Any other questions or comments? Council Polygamy. Through the chair, just a comment. Um, knowing personally the Vendetti family all these years, I want to thank them 
for their generosity and they've done so much for the town. I think this is just wonderful and that's about it. I'm sure I speak for everyone. I'm very, very thankful. For sure. Any other questions or comments? Just a thank you. Uh, absolutely. A very big thank you, for sure. Uh, the vote will come on the motion to approve resolution 22-95. A majority vote's required. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. <coughs> Town Administrator's report. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. So uh, if everyone's looking for the party of the year, it will be tomorrow at the Senior Center, the Winter Wonderland. <laughs> Um, our new director, deputy director, and staff uh, have an incredible program. I hope everybody uh, watching out there who may want to join in uh, goes down there for the Winter Wonderland party and festivities tomorrow. And uh, as I wrap up, I just want to thank, um, I just want to first thank the entire town council, um, the planning board, school committee, the assessors, the board of health, all of our volunteer boards. Um, all of our town staff, all of the stakeholders that we work with, uh, all the residents, um, for an incredible year. I hope as we sit back and reflect a little bit, take a few moments to think about how fortunate and lucky we all are uh, to be able to work together, um, to work in a community uh, and a state that probably has some of the highest quality of life in the country. Um, and I just know that as a team, uh, we just really do an incredible job and I wanna thank everybody on our staff for their incredible support. And then finally, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this, including great staff um, that have done a phenomenal job. Uh, for many of the residents at home, and all of you, um, that watch our meetings frequently, uh, you've gotten used to a familiar face in between uh, the town attorney and myself, Alicia Aline, uh, and we want to just announce and uh, wish Alicia well. Alicia, uh, sadly, is going to be, uh, for us, leaving uh, the town of Franklin in a few weeks. She'll be taking another job uh, in Boston. I don't blame her. Uh, the commute uh, obviously is a little long uh, and she's taking on another great challenge in her career. Uh, I think we're all lucky and very fortunate to have had uh, the place where Alicia started her career out of the University of Connecticut. She's done a tremendous job for uh, all of us in this community. We want to thank her for all of her efforts and we uh, want to wish her obviously the best uh, in her future endeavors. Uh, I've been assured that local government uh, is not completely out of play in the future, uh, but she's worked going on to the vaunted private sector, which some of you love uh, beyond belief, I know. The, the welcome to the real world. <laughs> <laughs> also welcome to the world of billable hours, uh, but we'll get to that some other day. But um, in all honesty, uh, Alicia's been incredible to work with. We are extraordinarily proud of her. Uh, we wish her the best uh, as she goes on her journey. We hope she doesn't forget uh, all of us in Franklin when she comes huge and famous someday. Um, but uh, we, uh, we're gonna miss her very, very much. Uh, and hopefully uh, in the next few weeks we'll be able to have a, a proper send off uh, offline. So uh, thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Jamie. Okay. <laughs> She's going to a great, great engineering firm called Tetratech, um, who does water and sewer work. So who knows, maybe she'll be back here on the Beaver Street Interceptor. <laughs> but I just want to make sure it's clear to Alicia, I highly doubt they'll give her a standing ovation when she leaves Tetratech. So that's <laughs> that one, Alicia. And they'll never give me a standing ovation, so that's pretty good. 
Uh, okay, moving on. Subcommittee reports. Uh, no capital, no budget. Economic, EDC. Uh, yes, I know. <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. Council Chairman. Member. Yes, um, the Economic Development Subcommittee Plus uh, Steering Committee met tonight, right before the meeting, uh, the main meeting, and we had a presentation about Chapter 40R and Smart Growth Zoning and Housing Production by Mark Bobrowski. Um, it was very informative. I think we all learned a lot. And um, our next meeting will be January 4th. And we will keep discussing the changes that we want to make to um, a few of our zoning bylaws. Good. Keep an eye out. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Councilor Hammond. Okay, Gatra, uh, we don't have anything. Okay, uh, future agenda items, Councilor Sheridan. Yeah, maybe we uh, could add in the uh, having the commercial people shoveling the sidewalks. Jamie, the shoveling the sidewalks. Yeah, yeah. the shoveling. The um, just for the record, there the, on the EDC goals for the it's, year. It's, uh, it's yeah, on that. You'll be another thing you guys got to do. Yeah. <laughs> so come back with a recommendation. Anything else, Councilor Chairman? Councilor Frontel? Nothing else, no. Councilor Hamlet? Nothing at this time, thank you. Councilor Cormier Ledger? Nothing at this time. Councilor Chandler? Nothing at this time. Councilor Plank? Uh, yes, through the chair. Uh, I was also going to bring up about the shoveling on the main street and that. Um, and why can't we bring this before the council before all because of that? Because it's on the EDC subcommittee report and they'll come with a recommendation. But it may be here after the winter. We would be high pressed to get it into yes. place before this winter. Very high. Very we really high have place. to think about you yeah. know, having people help us out with things. And when I say I people, I mean the, the um, commercial properties in that. Uh, and maybe if they just listen to tonight's meeting, they'll see that this is something that we would certainly like them to help us with and to make things better for uh, their customers going into the stores where we have so many. So one hand washes the other. Okay? So I certainly agree with you, Councilor. Thank you. And thank you for pleading that case to the commercial businesses yeah. downtown, for sure. So, uh, no, sir. Councilor Jones, Councilor DeLocco. No, sir. Okay, uh, moving on to Councilor Comments. Councilor Cormier-Ledger. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I just wanted to, I didn't get a chance to uh, catch the young lady's name that was here tonight with her parents, but I did make a point to say hi. and. Uh, if she's still listening, uh, she's a new scout to a troop in Franklin, and one of her requirements was to observe a council meeting and uh, take some notes. So um, it was great to see her and her parents here, and uh, certainly welcome any other scouts that want to come. And sometimes the meetings can be a little boring. <laughs> sometimes the meetings can be fun. But it's good for them to understand how local government works. So um, kudos to that young lady for coming out tonight. Uh, and since this is our last meeting, um, our only meeting of December, I just want to wish everyone, uh, both here and, and out there, a very safe and happy holiday season. Uh, certainly um, all good wishes for a new year and uh, thank you to everybody for their contributions in 2022. We have a lot to be proud of. 
Thank you, Council Comey and Ledger, and thank you for recognizing the scout out there earlier. Councilor Chandler. Uh, Councilor Mr. Chairman. Um, obviously, I'm going to say some of the same. Um, happy holidays to everybody. Hope everyone uh, enjoys themselves. And uh, we'll get back to work January 1st. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Chandler. Councilor Plegri. Uh, through the chair, I too would like to wish everyone happy holidays and a happy new year. And I feel that we have accomplished quite a bit this past year. We should all be very proud of. And I look forward to the same next year, 2023. It seems like just the other day we had a party and it was going to be 2000. And we said, how are we going to say that? Now it's 2023 coming up. So, again, Happy holidays to all. Be safe. Thank you, Councillor Pellegrini. Councillor Sherry. Yeah, the same. Happy holidays to everybody. Thank you. Councillor Frangelo. Yeah, two things around the holidays. One is tomorrow we have uh, our office hours at the Senior Center, and those office hours will be located right next to a Christmas tree. That's uh, a decorated Christmas tree. You have Councillor Hamlin to thank, who generously donated. Um, her her home uh, ornaments and we had a blast putting them up uh, the two of us so uh, we'll see you at office hours compliment uh, the tree uh, that'll make us feel better and, uh, uh, the other thing with holidays is you know as you're thinking about gifts uh, we still have the Franklin first uh, gift cards and you know um, it's, it's just a really great way to guarantee that um, your dollar stays in Franklin and supports a Franklin business. Um, it, it's been really cool to, to watch. We've done tens of thousands of dollars uh, in sales of those, um, and that's just you know yeah, ensuring that money stays locally. Um, so consider that for your your Christmas gift list. So. Thank you, Councillor Frangillo. Councillor Hamlin. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, first, I just want to thank the Franklin Library Association for 200 years of protecting the library. Um, all the donations we got to vote on tonight and throughout the whole year um, for all the donations from everyone is really amazing. It's kind of stunning tonight. Um, and I just want to remind people to be kind and to have a safe and healthy new year. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Hamlin. Councilor Jones. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, first off, I'm just I'm happy to hear that Debbie's husband, Ron, is, is feeling good, starting to feel better. <coughs> Very happy to have Councillor Delorco back after having also felt ill. It's good to see you. I'm hoping you're, you're, you're starting to feel better yourself. It's nice to have. It's nice to have the band back together. Yeah. <laughs> Ronnie Gabe. <laughs> but I too would like to echo um, Councillor Plugger's comment in regards to it's really. It, I think we can all look back on 2022 be proud of the many accomplishments that we've managed to make and what, what does truly appear to be a very short period of time and I'm looking forward to 2023 and see what, what this council has has to do and it's going to be a good time so happy holidays to everybody Merry Christmas Happy New Year and God bless thank you Councilor Jones Councilor DeLarco thank you Mr. Chairman and uh, I just want to thank everybody for their donations and I'd like to thank the council for all their hard work this year he says we won't, you know, we won't meet until next year. Um, and Alicia, I wish you the best. 
I'll, I'll keep tabs because your mother cleans my teeth, so I'll be able to keep tabs. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be able to know what you're doing. But, uh, really? Uh, it, it, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's, Happy Holidays, and stay safe. Okay, thank you, Councilor DeLarco. Uh, again, uh, just piggybacking on what everybody else has already said, uh, I want to thank everybody for everybody in the community for their contributions, both big and small, all year long. I'd like to thank my fellow councilors uh, who I think have done a magnificent job this year and uh, leading this community uh, and doing some wonderful things, not the least of which you saw tonight, being 200 acres of open space land, uh, something unheard of. So uh, I want to thank all my fellow councilors for all their support over the last year. I'd also like to thank our administration and our department heads and every town employee, both municipal as well as school, for all they do to make our community the greatest community in Massachusetts. And with that, I will entertain a motion. We do need to go into executive session this evening. Uh, we have two reasons. Exception two, contract negotiations with non-union personnel, namely town administrator. Exception number three, strategy with respect to collective bargaining, police patrol, police sergeants, and fire department union. Clerk will read the Executive session. Executive session. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, I'd like to make a motion, Mr. Chairman, to go into executive session for the purposes of A, exception number two, uh, contract negotiations with non-union personnel, namely the town administrator, and B, exception number three, strategy with respect to collective bargaining with the police patrol, police sergeants, and fire department unions. And we will return to open session. And we also need a declaration on that second one on the strategy that an open discussion on an open an open discussion would be that could be detrimental to our negotiations. The town, the town, uh, the chair is so declared. I've so declared. <laughs> okay, got that? Yes. You have that? Yes, okay. it is that. Is there a second? Second. Roll call vote. Formula. Yes. Charity. Yes. Angelo. Yes. Chairman. Yes. Amber. Yes. Gregory. Yes. Joan Jess. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we will write, uh, we'll take two minutes and I will uh, go into executive session. <clears throat> Time being 10 o'clock. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'll call the uh, December 14th meeting the Franklin Town Council back to open session. Uh, we have uh, two resolutions left to, uh, no, we have two. Uh, okay, resolution 22-94, salary schedule, full-time elected official, town clerk, Clerk will read the resolution. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is resolution 22-94. This is the salary schedule for the full-time elected official, a resolution amending amendment, Appendix A, 
Chapter 4 of the Code of Town Franklin, entitled Salary Schedule, Full-Time Elected Official. Be resolved by the Franklin Town Council that Appendix A's Salary Schedule, Full-Time Recording in Progress. Chapter 4, I have a better voice than you do. Yeah. The Code of Town Franklin is amended as follows. Appendix A, Salary Schedule, Full-Time Elected Official, Office, Town Clerk. Incumbent salary previously $96,000, fiscal year 23 adjusted to $106,000 of resolution shall be effective in, at the beginning of January 1st of 2023. Move resolution 22-94. Second. Motion and second. Discussion. I'll second, Chair. Councilor Comey, a ledger. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I just wanted to state for the record that we are voting on this based on recommendations on a comp plan given to the council and this has nothing to do with the performance of the current town clerk we're looking at the position not the person it's a it's the it's a result of the comp and class plan that we spoke of back a few months ago yep. no i just wanted to make sure the community yep. understood the difference yep. any other comments questions Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to approve resolution 22-94. Uh, majority roll call votes required. Are you on it, sir? Clerk will call the roll. Charity? Yes. Romeo Ledger? Yes. Angelo? Yes. Chandler? Yes. Hamblin? Yes. Flagery? Yes. General Jess, Vice Chair? Yes. Chair? Yes. 9-0, sir. Motion carries. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, next resolution is resolution 22-93, approval of town administrator's contract. Clerk will read the resolution. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. This is resolution 22-93, approval of the town administrator's contract. Be resolved that the town of Franklin, acting by and through its town council, hereby votes to approve the employment agreement between the town of Franklin and Jimmy and Helen, dated December 14th, today, 2022 and effective for the period of January 1st, 2023 through December 31st, 2027, a copy of which is attached to this resolution. This resolution shall become effective according to the provisions of the Town of Franklin and Old Charter. Move resolution 22-93. Second. Motion to second. Discussion. Seeing none, the vote will come on the motion to approve resolution 22-93. The majority votes required. Roll call? Not, roll call is not required. So majority votes required. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. That concludes our business for the evening. We can clap. And she no. totally deserved the ovation. I get it. Okay, at this juncture, I would entertain a motion to adjourn. So moved. Second. Non-debatable. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. 
Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. And by the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.